Hello, and welcome to episode number 179 of the Nerd Pro Cool Podcast. We have been off for a little while because of some uh, pre-Nerd Comic Con scheduling difficulties. We're going to be a little bit more regular in the coming weeks. There might be a, a week that we are off uh, in the coming month or so, but that is doubtful. There's going to be a string of guests uh, next week, by the way, speaking of New York Comic Con, I am exhausted. It has been a very long four days, and yeah, our New York Comic Con coverage is going to be going up next week. Lots of lots of stuff to talk about uh, as far as New York Comic Con is concerned. That'll be going up next week. But uh, this week we have an old friend of mine from back when I used to work in a Mexican restaurant, uh, Michael Caspia. Uh, I have his middle name somewhere. I'm sorry. This intro is going to be not as good as I would have hoped it would be, but uh, uh, that is because I am exhausted from Comic-Con. But I am going to get in uh, the necessary plugs. Uh, first plug is that uh, November 3rd, the Rangel Zone is coming back. That is at Brandon Saloon out in Brooklyn. More details on that, actually, as the date uh, becomes closer. So... To let you know uh, uh, what uh, Mike is uh, working on, he is a screenwriter, uh, writer for various projects. He has a movie that came out called Suicide Theory that was on Netflix. It is now still available on, I believe, iTunes and Amazon, so go check that out. It's a cool little film. Also, from the production company that uh, he wrote for, a movie called Night Shift, that is a short that is making rounds at all the festivals. Uh, go check that out. There should be a link in the doobly-doo, unless I am too exhausted. But there will be a link in the doobly-doo uh, for this episode going up probably. This is Sunday night. It'll be uh, up by Monday. It's called Night Shift. It is directed by, written and directed by John Blas. I hope I'm getting your name right. It's uh, Prima Lux Films. You can go check out all this at uh, www.primal. Uh, Prima Lux Films or Prime. Yeah, it's got to be primaluxfilms.com slash nightshift. Uh, all the stuff is there. Uh, you can go check that out. And yeah, uh, what else? Is there anything else? Uh... I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so John Belaz is directing a feature film that Mike also wrote called uh, Rage. It is in pre-production and shooting in March 2019. And he also talks about working at a uh, comedy club, one of the oldest comedy clubs in the country, if not the most the oldest con- uh, comedy club in the country. And I think that is it for the plugs. I hope I have gotten to everything uh, that needs to be plugged at the head of this episode. So, uh, yeah, uh, get into it. This is uh, episode number 179 of the Neuropopo Podcast. Uh, As always, if you enjoy this episode... Please let us know either in the comments on the site or tweet at us at NerdProQuo. Now that Doctor Who is back, we're going to be live tweeting uh, Doctor Who and a couple of other shows that are coming back in the fall. Keep uh, an eye on at NerdProQuo on Twitter. There's always stuff that we are going to be, uh, there's going to be some stuff that we're probably going to be giving away and just uh, random things are going to be going on, including some live shows. 
as I always say, uh, hit subscribe, leave a review, uh, a review. Wow, I am so tired. Leave a review on iTunes. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, all of that good stuff because the more subscribers we have, uh, the easier it is for us to put on a live, another live show, which uh, I've had a hankering to do. Uh, last live show was a lot of fun, but it was a very long time ago in internet times and in podcast times. Uh, so much other stuff to talk about, but this intro is already too long. Episode number 179 of the Nerd Book Club podcast. Yep. And we're, we're, we're started. Excellent. Uh, so I think we should start, uh, number one, like introducing yourself and, uh, we'll kind of talk a little bit about how we met. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and a little bit about the, uh, we don't have to get into a lot of detail because <laughs> there were, there were some times. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, well, my name is Michael J. Cospia. Uh, I'm a, I'm a screenwriter and I also work at a comedy club and, uh, you, you want to talk about how we, uh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, so we'll address that briefly. Well, like going back to like, that was like 2010 or no, 2007. Yeah. Exactly. Back in that. Yeah. So 2006, 2007, uh, we were both, uh, cashiers at a, a Mexican restaurant on the Upper West Side and, uh. You know, I feel like everyone who worked there were artists and stuff. But yeah, like, I mean that's every restaurant. But it was just like there was. Uh, it was one of those. Yeah, it was very. You know, you know how restaurants are. Very, yeah, yeah, very you know, clicky and all that shit. But. So, do you? the The only thing I want to ask about that because because there's so many. I have so many like memories most of them about how i got fired <laughs> no no, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I, I actually think i might have left i think you were a manager there when i left. yeah 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 i got fired while man managing the restaurant <laughs> as, as you probably remember i i like to i enjoyed my liquor uh, yeah a lot, so um yeah that's how i got fired in <laughs> fairness what i was gonna say uh it was I mean, I may or may not have covered it well, but I think we were both a mess. Oh, the, like emotionally, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not exactly stable right now. Either, I was going to say, I'm not necessarily no, arguing that no. we're both but I'm that like, much more stable now. <laughs> no, but like financially, maybe career-wise, we're probably, I'm, you know, I'm probably further along, a lot further along than I was back then. Yeah. But, uh, oh, man, yeah, we had some problems. Like yeah. Psychological. I, I kind of felt like a lot of people that had some issues. Uh, I mean, to be an artist, you kind of got to be a little fucked up in the head. Yeah, there, but, uh, there's just something about both. I mean, because it's, you know, people who have to go on auditions or writing, like working in a restaurant just becomes like the default job yeah. that you end up doing. And you're there in your 20s, and you're just kind of a mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Generally so Just moving to New York, eating ramen noodles and shit. And yeah. Uh, I think the only reason why I, I is because I, you know, grew up in New York and I lived in the neighborhood. But even then, like, I was – I didn't realize how much of a mess I was until, like, 10 years later. <laughs> oh, the hindsight's 2020, man. Yeah. Yeah, I look back, and I'm like, God damn it, man. What the fuck? <laughs> What the fuck was I doing? Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know, you learn from it, and so so you don't necessarily look like there 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 are pockets of that that I look upon fondly, but I was there for way too long, and oh, I was yeah. just like, 
Oh, but well, I worked there for like ten years, and yeah, I was there to, for seven. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I and you at least like went on did like the waiter and the ma- like. You actually sort of blew yeah. up. I just was just like, I don't, I don't want it. I was really cool with the manager, like, and he was kind of like a second father to me, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. So he, you know, it, we had like a father son related. Like we, he'd take me to Mets games and shit. And yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. So not to say that like I got the, <laughs> but. You know that we we both worked hard there. It wasn't like we were just we yeah. Had, we had our fun. We you know we drank a, a little bit here and there, but you know we used to bust our asses. That was that was a busy place, man. Was, yeah, uh, like I said, I will say that the one saving grace of that I learned about that place yeah. is you learn. I learned both what a band manager is. No, oh, oh god, yeah, that was terrible. And and also a like a really good like general manager who is kind of being screwed over oh, yeah, <laughs> continually yeah. by by the uh, oh, by, by the, the owner yeah. yeah yeah so uh, uh, we didn't I didn't mention the place did I no no oh, no, good, no good yeah, yeah I don't want to it's it's go it's gone now yeah it's gone now so <laughs> fuck fuck them yeah uh, I d- yeah I generally don't when it closed there was like that post and I think both you and me were like uh, oh I have so many fond memories uh, and both you and me were like yeah nah yeah. we're kind of glad it's gone it ended it ended bad for me and like. I was friends with a lot of people there, but like I don't talk to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I literally, you're you're it, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, there's like some other people I'll chat uh, I'll chat with once in a while, like the bartender I'll, I'll talk to. Yeah, uh, maybe like a but like it'll be like people that you I would least expect to be still be talking to compared to the, the kind of relationship I have with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. Like there there are certain people that I didn't expect that i would still be talking to yeah yeah not yeah. not for any bet like you like not for any particular reason yeah but we weren't like super tight like yeah. i was really tight with a lot of these people and like yeah. now they're like yeah fuck off <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's like whatever so uh where do we even so you were started you were screenwriting then yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember you used to read my shit all the time. Like, yeah. I always had a curiosity with people who did shit. Yeah. Because uh, I'm drawn to people. And you did some shit. I showed up. You did, like, an open... Like, I, it was somewhere downtown uh, in the... You probably... Uh, you I definitely, went to a couple of things. I went def- to some poetry shit. Uh, you definitely game the Bowery a couple times. Yeah, The yeah. old version of Bowery. Uh, I think I might have read, just to sort of jump right into it, I think I may or might have read a very early draft of Suicide Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you did. You were like one of the first ones to read it, uh, which is crazy. Uh, it was on Netflix for like three years, but now it, recently, September 10th was the last day. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm desperately trying to find another project. Full, full, full disclosure. Like I, I walked, I watched part of it, but I, I watched. You know those things that you start watching. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, and then like and half an hour, like yeah. half an hour, yeah. And then half an hour later, you, you, you're asleep. Yeah, dude, I have girl. <laughs> I'd have, I've had girlfriends who like, I had had to force them to watch. I had to sit there with them. <laughs> and like halfway through, I'm tired. We can fish in tomorrow, and then tomorrow never comes. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not a priority. I had I had some friends who like sh- when I lived in Jersey for a little, straight up like they're very honest. They're like, oh yeah, we watched the first five minutes. It's boring, so we we just stopped watching. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like okay, well I appreciate that more than you know, yeah you feeding me bullshit. But it's also one of those things. It's like you know. uh from the impression that you gave me and also what I saw of the movie, you know, after I think I might have read a couple of maybe the later versions of the script. Yeah. I don't know how much it changed from 
Uh, it's weird. It was like a mix of the, like the first draft with, with the, the like the last draft, which was like draft twelve. So it was like it's a little confusing, and you can see some inconsistencies in this because like in one version, I had four people beat up the guy, and then in the, and they, he mentions oh four people. There was four people in the scene. Then in the next scene, I guess I wrote, added a guy, so it was five guys in the later draft, and so. There's four guys in the scene, and then they talk about it, and like, oh, five guys against one, huh? And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's going to show up on IMDb. As a, <laughs> as a continuity, of, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, but talk a little bit, just because I think it's interesting, like, number one, just the process of you wrote this script and ended up being picked up by this Australian yeah, production yeah. company, and just kind of that weird... Number one, the rewriting process. And number one, the kind of sitting there and be like, I'm excited. I'm not so excited. I'm excited. I'm not so excited. <laughs> like, talk well, a little bit about that. I wrote that. in 2008. I, like, wrote a first draft within, like, a week. And yeah. And I was like, man, that, I really thought it was, I was like, sometimes you just know something special. I was like, yeah, I think this is special. And people were, I was getting great feedback. And, like, you know, I posted on some screenwriting websites where they have, like, workshops and some shit. And, like, I was getting all this interest from, like, directors and producers and stuff but they're like yeah it's not a marketable idea the, the, the whole idea behind the story is about a guy who wants to commit suicide really badly but for some reason uh every time he tries he, he keeps surviving yeah uh and i was going through a rough time at, at the time and that was uh, no even if i tried to kill myself i'd probably still survive and sit in a, i'd be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life or something stupid like that but um like even the first draft didn't like what you see on the screen isn't that much different than the first draft. Yeah, but um, yeah, me too. I'm got a little cough going on. Um, it's just it took so long for things to come together. Two, I wrote it in 2008. Yeah, and right at, like almost like a month later, it got picked up. It got optioned by some uh, film company in London, and just t- two years of nothing. So I'm writing a bunch of other scripts, and nothing's coming from those. I'm, so finally, the contract was up, and like uh, these guys in Australia scooped it up, but they didn't film it till 2012, and then we did. It, they didn't finish with editing until like 2013, late 2013. Then it did the film festival shit in 2014. We won awards in Austin at the Austin Film Festival, and uh, dances with films in LA. But uh, it didn't come out till 2015. So I wrote it in 2008. So it's seven years. Of, like yeah, I hate my fucking life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Uh, I mean, I know that's like it sounds like a miserable thing to talk about, but that's yeah. like that's actually not. Uh, and there's certain steps that get like they'll get you through like a couple months. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like at first when I wrote it, when people I, I would just have normal people like yourself or like people who are in the arts read it. I'm like, okay, that that's gratifying enough to carry me a couple months. Yeah, yeah. And then like it gets option. Okay, that's cool. Then nothing happens for two years. You try to keep yourself busy. And the, the, uh, one company's like, oh, I'm going to make it. I'm like, okay, cool. And then, like, months and months go by. Like, just when you're starting to get really depressed, they, they actually start filming it. You st- start seeing the production photos on Facebook and shit. Like, oh, all right, this will care. And then fucking two more years <laughs> pass, and it's just like, oh, good but God. For, but for, like, an independent film, that's... Yeah. It's, it's almost, like, normal. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was uh, exciting when it came out, you know, the... Uh, it premiered at Dances with Films in L.A., and I got to see it at the uh, Chinese theaters over there. Cool. It flew me out. It was, there was like 100 people in, in the theater. It was fucking awesome. And I got to meet the guy, the, the guys from Australia, the, one of the actors I, I hung out with. Uh, he was uh, actually recently 
on the Prison Break reboot. And he was in every episode. He, you know, it was pretty cool. Uh, and that, even then, like, once that passed, like, it was such a high, and then it was just, like, nothing yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it finally, it, like, it got picked up by uh, a, a distributor and got a brief theater release. It, it lasted a week in, in theaters. Uh, I was very disappointed that it did not screen in New York because I thought it was a New York indie. It seemed like, yeah, it seemed like it, it yeah. would be, like, one of the... Yeah. But they were like, oh, well, we can only afford to either do it in L.A. or New York, and we chose, like, four theaters in L.A. I'm yeah. Like, oh, what the fuck? Uh, but they, in like random cities, like some shit town in Massachusetts, I had to drive down to Lansdale, Pennsylvania to see it. <laughs> and it was just me, three of my friends who were fucking hammered. <laughs> That's, that is really random. It's oh, like but, Amish country. Uh, oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. But, the, but which was, I was surprised that one guy came in. And it was a homeless guy. I was like, where the fuck did he come from? He took his shoes off in the front row. Like every time someone walked in, we got excited. And then, yeah, he took his shoes, he started snoring in the front rows. Uh, there was this actually, like, before the movie started, there was this nice family. There was, like, four of them sitting there, very nice. And my friends were excited. Oh, he's the guy who wrote the movie. And, like, oh, you wrote Terminator Genesis? I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, Ter- <laughs> Terminator <laughs> oh, no. Genesis is in the theater next door. I'm like, oh, so, well, good luck with everything. I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah. And I saw Terminator Genesis. <laughs> of, like, course, the, of course. Because yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, whatever. But, I mean, it, I, I got to see it in theaters three times. I, they, uh... I didn't actually get to go to Austin for the film festival, but they had the thing with all the award winners. They screened it again in January. So I was like, I have some money. I'm just fly out to Austin randomly. And, you know, the, um, the director of the Austin Film Festival was there. And it, it was pretty cool. I was standing in line. I was like, if I wrote the movie, do I get like a discount or something? Because the tickets were like fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And the guy's like, wait, you wrote the movie? You didn't say, you didn't tell anybody you were coming. I was like, oh, I didn't. And he's like, well, we're going to give you a mic after the thing and do a q and I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh, and boy. It, it, was a, it was an Alamo Draft House, so they serve like liquor. So I was getting oh, yeah. fucked I, up. Alamo <laughs> Draft House is, is oh. both, if, if, if you are on any side of the camera, oh. it's like, it's a great place to be, but it's also. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem I have with alcohol is that I'll be like, oh, I'll have a couple beers. I'll be nice and cool with the audience. But, like, I drank too much. So, like, I had no answer for anything. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I just, you know, I'll, I'll be at the bar after if anyone wants to ask <laughs> yeah. <me a> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like one of those things where it's just like, it's uh, those things you have to. I had to, I also had to learn this about yeah. being in front of people or just like, there's a, there's a limit to, it's like, Here's where you'll be affable. Yeah, yeah. And here's where you will not be able to think or, or well, react. Well, in L.A., I literally got off the plane, got back to the hotel, and the Australian guys, those motherfuckers can drink. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, oh, my God, so yeah. So I went to the bar. I, you know, I posted up in my fucking gigantic suite. I'm like, I'm only going to be here for like a day. <laughs> and like, yeah. But, but we upgraded you to a suite. I'm like, ah, it's not necessary, but... Uh, I just sat at the bar, had a couple shots of Jameson, had a couple beers. Then the Australians came through, and I was just wearing jeans or whatever. These guys come through in suits, pull yeah. up in a limo, and they're like, oh, we're getting fucked up before the... So, And they're perfectly fine. I'm fucking trashed. Yeah, I don't know what it... I don't know how I didn't fall asleep. I have, I, I have n- no idea. Not only because uh, I, I ha- have had and have... A couple of Australian friends. I don't know what it is about that country. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> but and, and I thought it was just like a fluke. Yeah. But then every like here you are again. Someone was like, yeah, hanging out with these guys from Australia, yeah. and they just 
drank like it was inhuman. This like, is like right before the movie. Yeah. And, and you're like, like, you should be dead, let alone functional. Oh, and when I drank, I have a tendency to say like stupid shit. So they had a red carpet thing, and like I didn't know I had a publicist. The guy just pushes me. All right, hey, hey I'm your pu- I'm publicist for your movie. Get out there. And so I'm like on the red carpet, like fucking. And, but, oh, how but, did you come up with the movie? And I'm like, well, I, there was one time in my life where I thought about killing myself, and everyone was like, cut the camera, cut the camera. Like, but but by, 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 <laughs> by the way, uh, if that was your publicist, as someone who has worked as a publicist, uh, that's a shitty publicist. Uh, <laughs> There's some. He, he's fantastic. He's still. Uh, credited as my publicist now but like i, I haven't really had much for him to wor- <laughs> yeah. work with so uh shout out to david uh i won't say his last name <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but uh yeah it was an interesting it was a very exciting time uh, i probably took it for granted a little bit uh, you know the, the, we we're talking earlier hindsight 2020 I, exactly and i should have enjoyed that time a lot more than i did or or not even like it's not even like the idea that there's been a couple of times i mean i can think of when i was an intern at comedy central there was a bunch of people just like in hindsight i was like oh these three people who were basically because at that time comedy central development was just this tiny little yeah yeah. it wasn't even like a whole floor of how times have changed of 1515 (laughs) And, like, the, there was a couple people uh, who I worked with where, like, in hindsight, I was like, oh, I probably should have been more active in trying to – not in, like, a disgusting way, but it's just like, I should have maybe made more friends yeah, <laughs> with these yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, I did meet a lot of people along the way and stuff that I still talk to and – you know, social media, like, I made a lot of friends through there. Actually, when I went to the screening, a lot of people I met through Twitter were, they're like, hey, it's me. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. It's, uh, it's cool, but it's also weird. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had that experience, too, which is like, oh, <laughs> okay. A, well, fellow screenwriters and shit, you exchange work, and, it, you know, oh, that, that, this could use some work. You know, you do yeah. workshop, and so it was interesting to meet some of these people. Actually, the Victoria, who we used to work with, yeah. went, to, went to the screening, which was very cool. Very good, cool to see somebody like from across the country. This was in LA. We worked in New York. Yeah, so yeah. That was, that was pretty cool that, you know, for uh, her to be there. Uh, yeah. But, um, and then what? what is it? I mean, I, 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 I get that, like, so what happens, like, right at, I mean, obviously there's the high and then there's the. Oh, the low was. The, su- the, the super, dip, the dip, yeah. The low was super low. Uh, well, I kind of, I had, like, a small falling out with, like, the. Because, uh, uh, like, I couldn't really afford to go to Austin. They, like, they normally give, I could afford, I, I could afford to go there, but I could only afford to be there for a couple of days. Right. And, you know, they give out the passes to the writer and the director. The writer and the director get, like, a, and, um,. Well, they ended up, because I was only there for two days, the pass is good for the whole week. So, you know, looking back on it, I was wrong. <laughs> but they gave the pass to one of the producers and right. said, I was like, it's $700. You know, I can't, now, I can't afford to go now. I got to spend like, so that was a little bit, but like at the time when everything, like I I'd lived in Jersey and like kind of a small town. I was like the toast of the town. It's kind of cool. Like uh, I had a girlfriend at the time. Right. Then I get home from LA and, uh, you know, sure enough, uh, within the next month, a girlfriend breaks up with me. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the, everything. Nobody gives a fuck that I'm there anymore. It's just like, a, it's like motivation to keep writing though. And, uh, well, that was where I was going to go from that is, is that how do you, it is, is it like, 
once you're you come back from that, is it and like basically things go to shit. In it's, one way or another, it's, do you, it's out of desperation. I but I, I need to be relevant somehow. <laughs> so. Right? It's is it is it like immediate? Like do you do you just like I feel like shit. Well, you get where's my laptop? Yeah. <laughs> well, me going through the mo- uh, you know going through the motions and shit. You go through a, a grieving stage. Right. <laughs> right. You just drink a lot and uh, and after a couple of weeks you're like fuck I got to write some other shit and yeah. Uh, like uh, when I left Netflix, uh, I wasn't because enti- it's still on iTunes and Amazon and shit. But people have to like pay pay for that shit. Yeah, and Netflix, you can just go on and watch whatever the fuck you want. So, and I care about the movie being seen. Yeah, I, I didn't make jack shit off the movie. I'm right. probably not going to. Well, so, yeah, because that's unless they do a remake or something, which would be in- fantastic. But yeah, and it'll be it'll be. 20 years from now it's someone will find it and but it, it, i mean it's cool to have some like something like somewhat of a body of work and uh but pretty much it's just like something on the resume like you know trying to get hired for other gigs and it has gotten me some writing gigs i, I get commissioned to write scripts uh especially lately uh what is that process like? Is it just like studios? Is it? Are you? Oh no, are you, this is pure independent. Uh, well, no, no, no. I, I mean, when I say studios, I don't mean like. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's funny because a lot of it will be through like people I met along the way. Like right. You know, so uh, I'm being commissioned to write this script for uh, Australia. Loves me. I just got commissioned to write a script. There's start production in March for a feature film called Rage. Not to be mixed up with a famous Nick Cage movie. That, right, that right, you can find right. On Netflix. <laughs> right. But um. Uh, I got. I'm actually writing another one right now for uh, uh, a company in Australia. I guess. Uh, well, the Suicide Theory was named uh, by the Guardian like the fifth best Australian film of 2015 or something. Huh, so, and uh, it's funny. Like they get grants and stuff, but it's you, you usually have to be like everyone has to be Australian. But right, I think New- my contributions to the Australian cinema have. You know, help to help that out and help me get paid. Uh, hopefully th- for a while. I think that's interesting because uh, Austra- I know Australia and New Zealand both have like those programs. Like you, oh, yeah, if yeah. you make a film there, the the state government yeah <laughs> gives you money to it's, make movies. It's uh, <laughs> like, it's amazing. It, it really is. Uh, yeah, that you know, I love I love America, but they they hate my <laughs> they hate my writing. I, I don't. Uh, but it almost makes I, I mean just to I, I don't know if this is any comfort to you probably not but 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 just the idea that like we were talking earlier about like and we'll get into you know what you, your actual job now uh, not that writing isn't your actual job but like the stuff you do the pay bills yeah yeah uh, is that there's just so many people writing in the United States it's just this oh yeah yeah it's it's weird but also not weird if you think about it there's like i had a film made in australia and australia is like a much smaller market it, I, it I actually know. doesn't it doesn't surprise me it's just like are you in that world do you actually even if it, like it wasn't a huge success but it's like almost like for a lot of indie film the success is that it got made yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> that, yeah yeah that, was, that it, uh... it got picked up but i mean however for however many years it got you know, Netflix had it for a while. Like that, in and in itself, and is the almost. The distribution company was good. It was the uh, what's his name, Alan. Uh, 
Oh, he's that guy who had the uh, Comics Unleashed thing late night. Bernard, Bernard, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. His name will come to me. Yeah, I forget. Byron, Byron Allen. Byron Allen. But apparently he's very rich, and his company ended up buying out uh, the distribution company that uh, distributes my film, uh, Freestyle Releasings. But uh, I forget where I was going with it's, that. Is it, is it when you get commissioned to write a script, is it just like, uh, are you... I don't. I don't do deferred payment. I've been down that road before. Okay. And you start to realize, like, I just put in all this fucking work for what if? Like, if yeah, this yeah. happens, I get paid. Now, like, when I get commissioned now, I, I get paid up front, yeah. but there's points on the back end and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. That. Uh, again, like stuff that like you don't, you didn't necessarily. It's stuff you just have to learn. It's just yeah, like yeah, you got to watch your ass because it's very hard to make a movie. <laughs> it's very hard to get a movie made. Made, and if you're the writer, you're yeah. the start point of that. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't do deferred uh, payment stuff. Does now, I, I, by the way, you saying I don't do it is actually like reasonable advice for anyone yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time though, so I can't say for everybody. I mean, well, you no, gotta no. learn your own way. Yeah. I mean, but if there's like a guarantee that the movie is going to get made, uh, or some, you know, it's really never really guaranteed. But right. like, if you truly believe that the filmmakers truly believe that they're going to get the film made. And you have no other body of work, man. Maybe go for it. I, I don't know. If as long as you're not like stuck in a position where you're, you know, eking by in life and shit. Right. But uh, but yeah. But if you're a writer, you've been doing it for a while. To, to get paid, get your money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, my big thing uh, that I've often find. I mean, internships and all that stuff can be good, but they're also like the scam of the in, the entertainment oh, yeah. industry. Is basically like. At a certain point, like you're saying, it's like not when you're just starting out, but at a certain point, you kind of have to be like, no, this is, even if it's like a small amount or it's just like, I, I am doing work, so I should be paid for the work that I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, I know. Even if it's like, creative, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Will Smith and uh, Happily, what's that movie he did with his kid back in the day? Or oh yeah, yeah, Rudy Gardner. Where he, yeah. like he has to do this thing where he's fucking broke. He can't afford to live anywhere, and he's got to do this thing for like like three months to to maybe get a position at the place. right. That's kind of how I feel <laughs> sometimes. Right. Except I don't have a, I don't have a kid or anything like that. But like I still I do have bills to pay and shit. But it's just it's it's very difficult. But like I've been very careful of who to you know take gigs from and stuff like that right so always get paid that's uh some a lot of times it's not as much as i'd like but well i mean yeah but but, yeah, but it pays like six months rent and i'm like fuck it it's more yeah as my theory is as long as uh, like writing i'm making as much as i would make waiting tables uh, i'm cool with that for now yeah because you know? waiting table you can make some money doing that so i've been uh, i actually and and I do have a steady gig as a writer for a video production company that does commercials and shit. So, right. And that was that similar getting that job, like where it was just like, I, I think I responded on like Mandy dot com, one of those. But uh, they asked me to write blogs and shit. I'm like, ah, I don't want to write blogs. Right. Right. And they're like, oh well, you do script writing. Uh, you know, you write some commercials and. Uh, now, now I'm the lead writer for the company, so and it's not they have like a staff of like 30, 40 people, so right. that's pretty cool. And I get paid regularly, and 
I can afford to do, you know, go out, go out and have a beer. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe leave town for a week. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what? What is it? So that that just bringing that up. That that's kind of fat. How do you write? Oh, commercial for commercial. <laughs> it's uh, it's very it's very strange because they give me very short notice. It's like, can you have it to us in two days? But in my mind, I'm like, it's two 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 minute thing. Like, right. So. You know, as a, if you're a writer, you can tend to overwrite sometimes, which I have, you know, then they're like, oh, we'll cut it down because it's, you know, it's supposed to be like a minute 30. But after a while, you get used to it and you get used to writing the format. And like, you know, some scripts are a little harder than others because I don't understand the content. Like I some shit on Wall Street. I'm like, fuck. So right, right. I'm like have them fill out the questionnaire and uh, I'll just blindly, you know, it, wing it and they're like oh this is great and i'm like whew. so so is it is it like they get a a company approaches them to yeah yeah they have like businesses and stuff like now they've a lot of them small businesses will do like dentists uh, right uh, uh they'll have like uh but a lot of, some of the companies are huge they did things for dollar shave club uh, they they did uh bonobos or bonobos or whatever it's bonobos, called yeah yeah, yeah. They've done some big stuff, uh, so but a lot of it is uh, small stuff too, which uh, which is cool. Uh, you know, some of it's very just like routine, just like boom, boom. You know, the pain point. Then how how does their product solve it? And I've written infomercials. Uh, is there is there like a template for that? Do they give you or how does that? Kind, this kind, fascinates me, by the well, way. You kind of you kind of figure it out. Like if you watch commercials a lot, I mean. Especially if it's a product that solves a problem, you that show the pain point. A lot of it can be cheesy sometimes. Uh, or you show how like the guy struggles at the beginning without. I'm like, oh, how do I, you know, how do I put my shoe on without bending and bending over? And like, oh, this new product solves that. And like, oh wow, you know, my back doesn't. It's it's, it's kind of silly, but like it, that's pretty much the template for stuff like that. So uh, it's like in your brain, I, I just uh, sort of like a product. Do yeah, you do you and the, and do the, you just go? What's okay? Here's the product. Here's the problem it's solving. Uh, yeah. How do I present problem solution well, in the, a minute and a half? I guess. Yeah. Well, but most of the time, like ninety percent of the time, the business that contacts a video production company has something in mind already. So right. Right. I kind of just, a, a couple times, the company was like, "You just do your thing with it," and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Then like something comes to you like out of nowhere. It's actually more fun of a process when they're like, you handle that shit and yeah. see what happens. It's more gratifying that way. And you get to be more uh, creative, too, which is cool. And it, it's, uh, it keeps your brain busy in between like projects and like features and shorts and stuff like that. It's weirdly like how sometimes they, they pitch television shows, like especially reality television shows. Oh, yeah. I, remember I worked for a production company. I interned for a production company for a little while, and it was literally like... Uh, I think one of them was like a phone company or something. I forget what phone company was. Just like, here's this amount of money. Can you create a reality show that involves cell phones? Like it was basically that. That's exactly what it did. This is. They give, yeah. they give you a budget and uh, they'll come up with an idea and like it's not in your budget, so we'll do this instead. Yeah, like especially if it's a lower budget, lots of B-roll footage. You know, <laughs> you know, the pictures in New York City, panoramic views, and then you know. And then cut to the one or two actors they hire for the thing. It, it's pretty. It's actually pretty easy. It, it's very easy, in fact. Where and they pay me pretty well for something that only takes a couple hours a pop. So uh, you know what's funny though is is I think that you say it's very easy, and I I'm willing to bet that at you know at a certain point it is. But I think part of that is 
I mean, not to having never, maybe I have seen a commercial that you've written. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, maybe. But uh, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I think once you have been writing long enough and like they approach, like they, you know, you got hired, they were like, okay, he seems to be able to write. Yeah. And then you just, I think you were saying before, it's like you just do it enough times that it's just like, now this is easy, but I, I don't know whether... Well, it's kind of... I try to, like, when you write a feature film, like, every scene, you have to have a point to each scene. And yeah. Very... Got to... Like, a lot of people think, oh, I'll just breeze through. This is a throwaway scene. You can't be lazy like that when you're writing. Every scene has to mean something, and every scene has to... You have to have a goal with what your characters uh, do or what whatever plot point you want to hit with each scene. So each scene is, like, two to, two to four minutes long, sometimes shorter than that. So if you look at it that way, you're like... Oh, I'm just writing a scene for. You're a just movie. writing a scene, yeah. <laughs> you're right. beginning and an end. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's pretty much what it is. Maybe that's why it's. It, I think it's easy. Now, I'm not. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's like something I have. You know, the content and the, whatever they're selling, I have no idea what to. Yeah, I'm, and never, there, I'm not. I never claim to be a very smart man. Like I, like uh, a lot of it's like financial district shit, and I, like, I don't fucking understand that. But I, they had they fill out a questionnaire, and like I kind of try to get the gist of it. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I, but I also think like bullshit my way. Through. What what I was trying to say, I mean, I know you say like bullshit your way through, but I think when you even if it's something you know nothing about, yeah, yeah, it's just like it becomes just a skill set where yeah. it's just like, and it, you still, I, I like I forget who it was. It was some writer who was on. Saturday Night Live, uh, and it's been like a, an anecdote that they've spread. It's just like if you don't, at some point, doing something like that, feel like you're a fraud. Yeah. You're you're probably writing terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. like like it, if at some point you just like are like I, I like you were just saying you get like a pitch or whatever and you write and you're like i have no idea what the fuck i just <laughs> submitted and you're like oh they liked it okay great fantastic, great fantastic <laughs> fantastic <laughs> pretty much like i take the information they give me and i just organize it into like almost like a story like frame you know what I yeah mean? without really knowing what a lot of <laughs> what a lot yeah. of it is but that's it somehow you know it works yeah uh, uh so how did you? Uh, I know you said that you would you would name it, but let's not just. We'll just say that it, because people will figure it out. It's, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how did you end up working at a comedy club? Uh, it's very odd because I've well, you know, I lived in New York for like ten years. I met I met you in New York, obviously. I had a thing, a thing in New York. I got fired from my job. I ended up moving to Jersey for a couple years, and I sold a script and I used the money to go back to New York and. I I came up without a job. I just you know I kind of bullshitted my way. I got a room share. I'm like, oh yeah, I work here and there. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm getting the bartending gig downtown in the Lower East Side for for a little bit. But like it was only a couple days a week, and my bank account started dwindling. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even remember applying at the comedy club. I just got a call from the owner, who's actually kind of famous in the comedy world. Yeah, yeah. I get a phone call from him. He's like, yeah. How about it come in? And I'm like, okay. So I came in, and you know, the comedy club in question is kind of very historic. Uh, place, yeah, very well known. Uh, a lot of big comic, Bill Burr. We still have his headshot in the in the book. Right, uh, he might 
it might. I don't think it's the oldest comedy club in the in the city, but I think it's one of the oldest comedy clubs. In the they claim to be the oldest comedy club in the world. Uh, that's I don't it's, know if that's it's true. possible. It's Nineteen. So they've been there since sixty uh, nine. Uh, yeah. yeah, and in. So you are well, yeah. You just ran, I don't remember applying for the job, but like <laughs> I'm a like I'm a comedy nerd. I love comedy. Yeah, like, I'll I can chat with comedians forever about comedy. It's so I'm, like one of my dreams when I like even if like I were big right right now as a writer, like I were like a millionaire, like. I'd be like an eccentric millionaire. Like, oh, I'm a big movie buff. I the one thing I'd always want to do is like work at a movie theater for some reason. Just like, smell the popcorn, be in that atmosphere. It was just kind of the same thing with a comedy club. I'm like, man, I always want to work at a comedy club. Uh, you know, kind of like get your 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 secret, not so secret dream is to be the old man who owns the the little movie theater. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I want to be that guy. Um, it's kind of like a f- weird fantasy for me, just to be in that environment and be around that kind of history and yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of, that kind of. I mean, you get used to it after a while. So it's funny we got to deliver. I worked there during the day answering phones and shit. And I get to deliver a beer delivery, and the guy comes in, sees all the pictures of all the famous people on the wall. He's like, "Oh wow, man, that's crazy." I was like, "And eh, you get used to it after a while. I just want to get the fuck out of here and go home." <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like any job. It's like yeah. you do it for a while. You just like, eh, I just want to go home. But uh, so a couple just weird questions. So about it is uh, number one, they. I mean, I know that they sort of in other comedy clubs I've seen like the waiters like there's sort of a dress code. But you guys like? No, we. I don't even tuck my shirt in to be honest. Okay, <laughs> okay. I said, well, you're supposed to wear a black tie, black, black on black. So, yeah, but it's it's kind of loose. <laughs> the atmosphere is kind of loose there. It's not now. If this was the same place like 20 years ago, when right, you, right. Yeah, you had to wear a cummerbund and all that, all that stuff. But like, eh, things change over the years. I mean, uh, I don't want to say the comedy scene isn't. Like it was back then, but eh, no, that's exactly what it's yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. back then. Yeah. So yeah, this is back in the day when comics were wearing uh, blazers and you know dressed to the nines. Uh, it, it's become very casual, and uh, it's actually a very easy, especially waiting tables. They're very easy uh, thing to do. Like you get it, get everyone their drinks to get, get them their two item minimum and right. Right. And just stand outside smoking cigarettes the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Talking shit with the comics. But, uh, you know, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. And uh, I, I do like working there. I do like, I the, feel like, I feel like as far as like, cause I've done, you know, I've bartended, you know, I've worked behind a counter. I feel like as as far as the being a server. Yeah. Especially like a server at that it, weirdly, not yeah. even weird, like just at that club in particular, it it seems like that would be. It's like a. There's very little that you yourself have to actually deal. With. I know. <laughs> well, sometimes they'll get like an unruly. Uh, we don't have like bouncers there, so like right. there'll be like people in the crowd, and some of the comics are like, yeah, get them out of here. I'm like, dude, I don't get paid enough to get, carry this big muscular guy out of a, <laughs> it's like, like a comedy club. Is, uh, I had I was stuck with the responsibility of like using my brain to kick people out. Right, like, right. Oh, you know, hey, bro, man, I'm on your side. Like, we just called the cops. So nobody called the cops. Yeah, of like, course. Yeah, man. They're so <laughs> hammered. They're like, oh, thanks, dude. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> it's like so I'm not physically gonna fucking fuck that, man. I'll get 
a lot of these people are begging. They're drunk. <laughs> yeah. Like it's trunk. such a weird environment, just it, generally speaking. as I And I have been on all sides. Of the, I've been the guy okay. on stage. I've been the guy producing the show. Oh, I've yeah. been the guy serving the drinks no, yeah. at those oh, yeah. shows. Like, it's just such a bizarre, like... It is. It is. It, and you talk to the bookers. You talk to the, like... The people you work with respect you as a, and they give you know you learn a lot. It's it's like, well, the, some of the comics they, a lot of anyone who does shit where you have to, it's a very hard job. You got to go up and act, act like you've never told these jokes before. Right, and, right. You know what I mean. And but like a lot of them have like big egos sometimes, and like they kind of just shit all. Oh, the fucking waiter. Oh, I'm like, dude, I, I wrote a fucking movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that kind of that kind of sucks. I. Like, I'll talk to some people. I'll be like, oh, I wrote a movie. You know, why are you working here? I was like, oh, I just want to feel but, like, I, I want to know what it feels like to be a second, treated like a second class. Well, you know, <laughs> that, that just is proof to me, like, how detached, like, people are from, like, I wrote a movie. And it's like, why are you working here? It's just like, because I wrote a movie. Yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, there was a guy, there's a guy I know uh, who hosts another podcast who, uh, like posted on Twitter, this guy, uh, uh, and we give him shouts out a bunch. Uh, ben Amin, he hosts this uh, show. It used to be called Fan Bros. Uh, he co-hosts it, and he was a writer. He was in the writers' room for the last season of American Gods. Oh no shit! And then, and then he was like, he moved to L.A. and it was great. <laughs> and then, in the transition between the first season and the second season. They replaced all of the staff, oh. including the showrunner. Like, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, and they had a great show. Where they had Brian Fuller. It was just like, wow. and it's just like, and they had written a bunch of season two, and then the you know the production company or whoever just decided to shift. And he just he posted this thing like about a couple of weeks ago. It was just like, yep, months ago, uh, I was had a regular gig writing on a successful show on a premium channel. He's like, and now I'm. Figuring out which one of my bills to pay. <laughs> yeah, to, to pay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, yo, dude, dude that's super real. <laughs> yeah, I was watching a, a Curb Your Enthusiasm. It was like an old episode, but like Larry David goes to a grocery store and he sees one of the writers from Seinfeld carving up meat. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what the hell are you doing? Oh, you know, things didn't really work out after. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's uh, also, yeah. people forget it's just like, you wrote for that, and it's not like, Unless it's like it, you know, the show or whatever gets syndicated or something. Oh yeah. Once the job is over, it's not like those paychecks keep coming. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Then it's like, okay, what the fuck yeah, am I supposed yeah. to do until then? Yeah, it's a very, but that's the reality. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a reality people don't really understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I have like family. I'm half Filipino. I have family in the Philippines uh, that I think think i'm fam famous or something right they ask me for money and shit i'm like oh, i don't know <laughs> what do you think yeah. i do yeah <laughs> it's like, also it's like i wrote a movie yeah you know it was a movie yeah well you wrote all the time though right i'm like yeah yeah but one but movie got me yeah uh, i have like a bunch of short films on the thing but like most of them they'll pay you at the beginning it was only like a couple hundred dollars for yeah. the short you're not gonna keep making money on that shit it's, yeah it's uh, I wouldn't say it's a waste of time. Like it's always good to see something filmed that you wrote, but like it, nothing really comes. The, the director benefits. So the directors and the actors benefit from short films. Yeah, more than anybody. 
because the actors have a re- something to put on the reel. Yeah. Directors, they have a reel too. Screenwriters yeah. don't have a reel. We just have like a, a stack of 120 page screenplays. Yeah. <laughs> People you, don't you, want to fucking read. You, you, and you have a resume <laughs> of like, <laughs> yeah. please yeah. just read. So yeah. I, no. This resume won't tell you anything. Yeah. <laughs> And, it, you know, I was never one of those guys who likes answering those competitions. I know a lot of people who've, like, placed in these competitions, nothing ever really comes with it. I'm like, dude, you're spending, like, $100 to get in a competition. And half the time, you have some intern who's, like, 20 years old. You know, he's kind of the gatekeeper. Yeah. He's, like, the first stage before you. Nah, I kind of liked it. Nah, sure. And, but, uh, you know, it's... It, I never trusted the competition circuit. Uh, some people, it, it works for them. I, I mean, but it's very rarely that that script you wrote ends up ever getting made. You might get right. another gig. Uh, it's, it, it's weird to me because, like, I get, like, the competition thing, but I also am just, like, it's just as much of a chance, like, you're placing a bet, except you're literally placing a bet. Like, yeah. you're putting money down on yeah. the chance, you yeah. know? yeah. Which you would, which you can do as a writer for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> like I, I kind of exactly. get the the idea of like not doing that. But uh, so there there were a couple of things, and then like just I'll like sort of let you go, or we'll wrap up. But uh, you mentioned like some of the comedians like there have egos. I have this thing where just like also as someone who's been there a couple times, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like that almost. Also feels like a venue, the venue thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're performing here, so you have an ego. Where it's like, there are so many other comedy shows that I've been to where, like, it, or at least the host. Yeah, the first thing the host does is just like, is like continually like tip, tip your servers, be nice to your ser because you know the hosts are usually the coolest people. Yeah, uh, I've hung out with like the hostish. I'm friends with like very cool down to earth people. The, the host, I mean the, I mean the night that the last night I was there and you were working there, uh, they had a guy who was kind of like the sub and host, uh, who I could tell was uh, you can sort of hear uh, the uh, sirens in the background. No, but uh, but uh, it's New okay. York, man. Yeah, uh, is. And you could totally tell, not just because he literally brought it up that he was the sub and host. I could just be like, oh, you're not a host. Yeah. Because people forget that like being a host of something yeah. is actually a, also a... It's not just... That's why you see the same host like at different yeah. comedy clubs. It's why he was probably late. He was probably hosting at another club because uh, yeah, probably, that's a skill set. Like, you know. It is. It is. It, uh, but like back to comics with egos, a lot of times the comics with the biggest egos are like the ones who the least successful yeah. ones. Yeah. Like uh, we have a we had a bringer show, and it's like we don't open doors till eight o'clock for anybody outside of the bookers. And like, and I guess he was a bringer. He I guess he was a comic. Comes up, he's like, I'm like, oh, I'm outside smoking a cigarette. We don't open doors till eight o'clock. And he's like, oh no, it's fine. I'm a comic. And I'm like, I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really. Me, just because your the wife has said you were funny, it doesn't, doesn't mean. Uh, doesn't yeah, that's weird for a bringer show too. It's just like, eh. yeah, yeah, or not weird for. I almost feel like, yeah, but I don't want to shit on all comics. Like a lot, most of them are really cool people. Like uh, Chuck, Chuck Nice, he's been around for a long yeah, fucking yeah, time. Yeah. He's like the coolest fucking guy in the world. Uh, guys, Steve Marshall, he's he's great. Aaron. Aaron Aaron Berg's hilarious. You were there when Aaron Berg was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which one was Aaron? He was the bald. He was the bald uh, Jewish dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was he's, the best dude. He was yeah. the best comic. He's very energetic. Yeah. He's one of the better comics in New York right now. But uh, 
you know, just to name a few, a lot, most I'd say ninety five percent of the comics are cool, especially the ones who are like regular comics who do yeah. this for a living. Uh, but yeah, you but you see some of these young guys come up and they'll get like one break, and they'll get a chunk of money, and then they'll think they're you know they're the shit, and then you know things and the money disappears, and they you know. They kind of take it out on the poor waiter. <laughs> yeah. So, so just because I love venue stories, yeah. if you can remember this. Uh, so, like, your like, uh, best memory, worst memory, weirdest memory, and it's okay if they're all the same night because oh. sometimes they are. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I had to kick a guy out. Like he was, he came in shit faced, and he's actually been at the club before, <laughs> and he was kind of okay. But uh, he came in by himself, shit faced, and he was just like heckling the comics. Like, and he was literally there's like 15 people in the room, so it's oh, even Jesus. Yeah, just like ah, tell some jokes, but and then he jumps on the stage. Meanwhile, we had a another table walk out because the comedian he did a rape joke, which is kind of you know that's a little it's <laughs> a little iffy yeah. But apparently, like, uh, these three business men came in with, like, some really hot chick, and I, I guess they were trying to court this hot... She she was a client of theirs or something. She was... But she interrupted the show, so he's like, oh, you know, he, so he did the rape joke, and she walked out. So these guys came out and wanted to f f fight the comic. Meanwhile, this other guy's on stage. Uh, the drunk, on stage. The drunk yeah. is on stage. So my boss is like, I, I'll take care of this, you take care of the... I'm like, fuck! <laughs> So, you know, I tried, I'd grabbed his drink out of his hand and, oh, come on. Everyone's like, boo. <laughs> I, that's the one where I had kind of outsmarted him a little. I took advantage of his drunkenness. I'm like, hey, we called the cops, man. I'm trying to look out for you, bro. Come on. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah. I, I take him outside. He's like, oh, smoke a cigarette with me. I'm like, no, man, the cops are going to be here soon. He's like, oh, shit. Okay. You know what's weird is, number one, I never under, I don't. Get, I mean, I guess it's because, and I, I, I'll throw this to you too, is like as people who have gone to see comedy enough times that kind of know how a comedy club works, yeah. unless you're going to see a specific comic, yeah. it was just like, number one, it could be a great date night or it could go horribly wrong. Uh, yeah, it's such a crapshoot. I would never recommend taking it, yeah. especially a first date to a comedy yeah. club. Go to a bar, talk to her, get to know yeah, her first yeah. before a... Uh, you know, you're getting into that shit. And number two, like, where you were talking about, like, the businessmen who brought in the hot chick, was like, that's another thing. It's like, you don't bring your, if it's a client, you don't bring your client to the comedy club. Yeah. You know, because people forget that humor is subjective. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like. You're going to hear some shit you don't like. <laughs> yeah. You might, you might hear some, you might have a great time. You yeah. might have, you might also have a horrible night because yeah. you didn't think it, about it, what. It depends how firm you are in your beliefs about certain uh, issues. Yeah. So, like, I have a, a few friends who are, like, femi feminists, and, like, don't ever come to the yeah. because you're going to get offended. It's, uh, you're not going to like it. You're gonna <laughs> so well, I, I also have a thing where it's just, like, uh, comedy is subject subjective. Yes, there is, like, a, there are trends that are starting to shift, you know, stuff like rape jokes, where it's just, like, if you're just going to, unless you're going to see a specific comic who you like, yeah, like to Caroline's or something like that, yeah, yeah. is like there's going to be five or six comedians. There are chances are very good. If four of them are going to say something, you're going to hate. Yeah, it's just like don't go to a comedy night. It's like, and if you are, uh, 
I always feel like I'm defending comedy as an art form. Yeah, it's just yeah. like it's just like I know people who uh, I have two friends who run a show. One of them is a poet. One of them is a comedian. They happen to be twin sisters. Yeah. Uh, they do a mix comedy and poetry show, and they're what they do it amazingly because they curate it. Yeah, and they yeah. curate it together, and they know who the audience is who's coming to see their show. So it's just like they know that the like they're not booking it randomly. Yeah, yeah. And I have a feeling that they also it's just like here's what the audience is. I also feel like that's a mistake because like if you're going to book a comedy, it's a thing that I made a mistake of early on is like here's the environment you as a comedian are stepping into yeah. see, just know that yeah. like see if you put something together as a mix of comedy and poetry i, I kind of have a feeling you're going to know what kind of audience yeah. you're going to get uh but comedy anything can happen yeah you know if you're not going to put a lineup together with everyone saying the same fucking jokes everyone's yeah. going to have a different point of view on and, and if you're like it, i mean the big thing is always about like toxic masculinity versus feminism and it's like and i always as people who, who like you know as a person who tends to fall on one side of that yeah obviously uh is just like if you want to, hey, if you want to see a comedy show, I can success, suggest a few where you, they're curated. Yeah, yeah. Like, because humor is subjective. I know I sound like a broken record, but it's just like, because it's subjective, if you don't want to go into randomness where you might hear something, it's like, you can actually go to a show where it's just like, I mean, you'll be in an echo chamber, but you'll be in an echo chamber that you'll enjoy. Yes, like, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, call the comedy club or go on their website. See who's on the. Oh lineup. God, that—that's the other thing that never. I don't understand it. If you're gonna go, check. I mean, if you don't know anything about the comics, some of them, a lot of those comics, you can look them up. Yeah, YouTube. They, YouTube. All of them have shit that you can. Watch. Yeah. Because you know, I'm an, I'm not a comic. I don't have to go on stage. But like, we all have egos. You want people to see your shit. Yeah. So comics uh, always have clips up on the internet. Yeah. Uh, they always have some appearance they did on a TV show. They look them up. They do your research before, uh, you know, especially if you have strong beliefs about certain things that yeah. could be brought up. So. But but also like that stuff will. I mean, comedy is slow to do that, but there, there are sometimes you can't help it. There's like you know, Louis C.K. decides to just pop in the comedy cellar. One yeah, day. yeah. You know, you can't. You know, he didn't. That wasn't announced. Yeah, <laughs> but I also think that's just like there are joke. It was like if you think things are bad now, yeah. you should have seen a comedy club ten years ago was oh, so God. much worse. Like, oh. and it's like it's just it's certain things become. Oh yeah, I watch, I watch some acts from like 15 years ago, and they're, they're using the f word for gays and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like what the fuck? Like, the, and like not in a joking like. Yeah, it's like really mean. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. So, <coughs> yeah, yeah. It was a lot worse a long time ago, but, but I, I kind of feel at the same time I kind of feel like all the sensitive sensitivity, being careful about what you say is like kind of hurting comedy a little bit. I, you know what it is? I have really, as someone who's been on stage, it's like I have really mixed feelings about that. It's just yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a, tr there's a trade off. It's like if you're an audience member, you have to, there's a certain quote unquote responsibility that, uh, 
you might have to see some stuff you don't like. Yeah, yeah. But as a performer, I feel like the other side of it, and I, I, when I came to the night that night, and the other nights I've been to Dangerfield, not every night. Yeah. And like I said, that the one comedian, uh, Aaron. Aaron Berg, yeah, yeah. Is, he was the one guy who was just like, oh, you get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, and but there were a couple other guys. I was just like, uh, there was at least one or two guys. Was like, oh, you just haven't updated any of your material no. in like 15 <laughs> years, and you don't realize that you can't really be doing it, or at least you can, but you have to. You might have to do some rewriting, dude. Yeah, or at least acknowledge how controversial. Yeah. Um, what was the thing with? But it's getting like the whole the Norm Macdonald's like one of my favorite comics. Yeah. Now I'm not gonna say what he said was like right. Maybe I don't think he said what he really meant. Right. Really. But then he goes on Howard Stern and says the word retard, and uh, like the whole world's about to end. Uh, like he'll go on his Twitter page and it's just like, oh, the guy hates uh, handicapped people. And I'm like. I don't think that's what it, you think. I, I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. Yeah, and re, retard is like the they're not making fun of handicapped. They're, they're, it's you know what's the funny thing about that is that my favorite. It, it's funny that you bring up that word. Is my favorite comedian has one of my favorite bits about that, and he not only did it on one of his specials, he came back to it about the fact that like. I'm. This is the last time you're going to see me do this, and it was Dana Gould, and it was the oh, word. Yeah. It was. The, it was about the, the word, word retard. Yeah. But it was. It was great because he was just like, and he even now he there. He one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite comics is that he readily acknowledges on his podcast, like he'll talk about like his previous specials, and he goes, "That bit that I did then, I wouldn't do that now." And he's not saying I wouldn't do it now because I'm afraid to, or people are too sensitive. He's just like. No, culture has progressed past that. Well, I wouldn't say that now yeah. because. Well, you saw the Dave Chappelle <laughs> special where he said something about transgender. Yeah, it's kind of, and then he came back on the same. And special. he doubled I down mean, on it. He, he doubled, probably he probably should have let let it go. Like, yeah, maybe. I didn't think it was. I think he, it was kind of handled somewhat gracefully. I mean, I most comics wouldn't even touch it. Yeah, <laughs> but. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to say brave. Call comedians brave because that's not brave. Brave is you know taking yeah. a bullet for someone. But like in the in that world, like yeah. You know, but even yeah. that, there are people. There are other comics who I've who've done. God, I I hate to blow smoke up people's ass, but like like Dana Gould had a similar bit about it. But it was it was like same topic, different approach. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like. Sorry, Dave. His approach was better than yours. Like yeah, he yeah. he he achieved the same goal, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he he's he hasn't been detached from society for oh, the past yeah. like fifteen years <laughs> in or Ohio. so. Yeah, uh, I still love Dave though. So I uh, still love Dave yeah. too. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. It's yeah. just like it's just like he's one of the few who can get away with that. I think and not have me like be mad. <laughs> mad and I was like, and if my other thing about that, it's just because, and I, we can kind of wrap up after this, is is just like the other side is like, I get you're upset, but at a certain point, if you're that upset, it's like there, you should go do some actual activism then. Yeah, yeah. It's just like th this is number one. You're not gonna win this battle against against Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, he's a him doing that bit is a symbol of whatever 
you think is wrong is like great that you know what that should motivate you to do do something about is it. is yeah. if you want to attack dave great i don't think you're actually going to accomplish anything is no. just just work harder for whatever it is the cause whatever cause you believe in yeah exactly, exactly. it should be motivation for you to work towards your cause and to be perfectly honest like if you work towards that cause like anything is eventually that stuff normalizes in the culture mm-hmm. where yeah. everyone decides yeah that's not really cool anymore and then it trickles down the comedy and then comedy comics just go yeah that's not really cool anymore for you yeah. to do that yeah so yeah that's a good point yeah uh so we're what is uh, we didn't really do like a best night what was like a best like the, a really good night oh the best night <coughs> oh Oh, the best night is uh, always the best night is when someone gives you. I remember someone just get, gave me a hundred dollars at the beginning, <laughs> like take care of us. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I was gonna say before you even said that? I, yeah. I, I, I was literally gonna be like, be like, what's the best night? The best night is when you get more money. <laughs> but I mean, when like the Seinfeld came in with George Wallace, that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I turn around. And I first, first I saw George Wallace because the guy's like fucking eight feet tall. Yeah. yeah. He's a massive human being. But I was like, wow, fucking George Wallace. So I was like, I wonder if he's with Seinfeld. Because I see, <laughs> I, t- I turn around, Seinfeld's right there. And I go, oh, hey. And I do a little fist bump. And he looks so disgusted. But he still gave me, <laughs> he gave me like a fist bump. But he's wearing his fucking, <laughs> he had a fucking Mets hat on, dad jeans, uh, with white, sh- white sneakers. I was like, uh. but, uh, you know, we didn't have a, there was like 30 people. But they went fucking bananas. Uh, yeah. Another good night. Um, well, Angel Salazar comes there often. He's. Yeah, he's a funny dude, <laughs> funny little dude. If you all know who Angel Salazar, he's been a, he's written for a lot of stand-up comics, right? But it, you know him as Chi-Chi from uh, Scarface, right? 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 <laughs> and so that was pretty cool seeing him and is uh, hey, check it out, man, check it out. You know, my my favorite person, one of my favorite people uh, to see do comedy, just because. He might be one of the most relaxed humans I've ever seen on stage. He's Greer Barnes. Oh yeah, he used to come to Dangerfield. Very cool dude too. Like, uh, yeah, he's very down to earth. And yeah. Greer Barnes is yeah, he's very he, he he's been on the Chappelle Show yeah. and shit like that. But uh, yeah, he's I actually wanted to cast him, and I was trying to put together a movie. And I was like, oh, I see I see Greer Barnes every fucking week, and he was supposed to do my friend's short film, but he canceled it at the last. Yeah, time. yeah. He's but, been in a couple of people's uh, things, yeah, just just yeah. randomly. Yeah, I was like, oh, he would be perfect. He'd just yeah, play a pothead neighbor or something. <laughs> yeah, great. very cut, very smooth. Uh, he's been around forever. I see him in episodes of uh, what's that show with Colin Quinn back in the day, Angry Crowd or Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I always go back and watch old episodes. I'm like fucking Greer Barnes. Oh, that's Greer Barnes. There's Dave Schreiber, Kevin Hart, little Kevin Hart, when little tiny Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like nineteen years old. And then and then you and then you get. I, I, God, this is gonna. I don't want to end the podcast on a down note, but 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 uh, everyone. No no, 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 no. Every once in a while, you see Geraldo, and you just like oh, get super yeah, bummed yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because he lived. He, he he lived. He lived up in my neighbor. It is a whole story I won't get into. But yeah. that was just like I don't know one of those dudes who was just like super funny. Well, a lot of yeah. Super good dude. Had a lot of demons. Had a lot of demons. Yeah. I feel like that's the curse of like. Performer, curse of being a writer is I, just I, like I, I kind of yeah, kind of <laughs> is. You don't know, but like we'll have comics up there. that will be killing. it will be a good looking dude too. I had one comic, fucking be- one of the best looking dudes I've ever seen. I can say say that as a straight man. Uh, but uh, like there's, 
I don't know. They're so like after the show, like he's like, "Hey man, here's five dollars. Can you give that girl in the front row my number?" I'm like you can't <laughs> fucking go up to her and ask. No, I know I'm not half as good looking as you, and I can fucking go he, up. And it, ask. You know why? Because he's used up all of his charisma uh, oh, yeah, on, stage. <laughs> on stage. There's none left. <laughs> I totally get that. By the way, uh, yeah, I, like... I get that too. But I'm like, she's like, you have her in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Imagine how thrilled she would be if like. Yeah. Jesus Christ! But so I gave gave her the number and you know, I clean up after the show and the number's still on the table after everyone. <laughs> I'm like Jesus! And like Christ, that shit was all right. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, I can get a girl like that. Like, what are you What are you doing? But uh, yeah, very insecure. Yeah, most artists are insecure. But, yeah, uh, this is how we deal with our insecurities. Whether yeah, it's, yeah, you know, if you're going on stage or writing or you know doing poetry or whatever your art is. Uh, it, it's because you're insecure. <laughs> you want, <laughs> to a certain you extent. Want to be noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it, of course, it's your love for the, the art, whatever yeah. art you're in, and you want someone to appreciate you yeah. for the type of art you do. So, but uh, but I also feel there's a certain like stage performance. I mean, screenwriting, writing in general, I think is is a little bit less so, but it, but not really. It's, it's a cert if you don't acknowledge it a certain element of it is you just want to be acknowledged in some way <laughs> yeah and it's kind of tough even if i wrote jurassic park like if i sat in a bar and didn't talk about it like no one would fuck it's always the awkwardness of like trying to you know like hopefully something comes up where we talk about what we do for a yeah <laughs> but, yeah yeah but that's eh, it is what it is uh i should have wrote plays <laughs> <laughs> Writer gets you, more, you, you should you should tell people just I, I I this could be a terrible this could be terrible advice so uh, okay. if you go away from this and you do this and it's awful please yeah. <laughs> you could text me and be like you're an asshole I'll be like I'm sorry yeah. I, that's my fault is is just tell them that you write commercials oh. and then talk about what that pro what that's uh, like because that's just weird yeah it is a it is a different it's interesting I guess yeah I don't know. but uh yeah. It, it, like especially when you try to pick up girls, it, no, that, I never picked up a girl saying I'm right. Yeah, no. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? No. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, there I've were times where it wasn't working. I was, uh, I'm like, uh, you got to dig in the bag for that last uh, throw that hail mary. I'm like, hey, uh, I wrote this movie on Netflix, and it comes out like so awkwardly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I was talking about my dead grandmother, and you're fucking. Because <laughs> 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 they, you know, it's funny. But you say that, and it was just like, well, what was the genesis of that movie? It's like, oh, <laughs> I was thinking about coming. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's always awkward. It's never a good thing to talk about. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I feel like the the after story of that is almost like not not the picking up the girl, but like the just the well, kind got of got me through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. movie got me really got me through a rough time. Yeah. yeah. But, All right, man. Thanks for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. Uh, that did you have like a closeout thing? No, 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 really. I mean, I do, but well, it's not. It's the nerd pro quo. Quad, <laughs> podcast, I don't. I have. I don't have the uh, the illusion of professionality. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are the best podcasts. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. All right, man.